Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, the podcast for youth pastors, by youth pastors. On today's episode, Charlie, Elliot, and Gary have a conversation with Elijah Lamb. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Hope you guys are having a great day. Today, we are filming, actually recording, in the beautiful city of San Diego. No, there is no horse trails out here, and you guys will probably already get a uh, a, uh, joke from Elliot about that. But we are here in San Diego, right, filming this right before our one night, one day event. Like Elliot said, though, Elliot and Gary are with me. Guys, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. Nice, nice. Well, and uh, we have a very special guest also with us today. His name is Elijah Lamb. Elijah, how you doing? Great. Nice, man. Nice. So is this, uh, how many times have you been in California? Because you're from Orlando, right? Yep. Okay. Um, from Orlando, Florida. I I don't know. What do you What do you count? I've, I've flown into San Diego a few times. Oh, okay. But like been here for 30 minutes, went to In-N-Out and drove through the border. Um, <laughs> but I think the past year I've been here, Five or six times. Wow. He comes down to real California, down in Orange County. Oh, yeah. oh, Orange County. Okay, that's real California. Well, I went I went to Sacramento one of the times. Nice. That was interesting. It wasn't as pretty. Really? Yeah, it was kinda yeah, it was kinda lame. Not, there's no right. I did I had I had a great time there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a people. It wasn't as it didn't <laughs> feel as much like California as it does being down south. It's true. Got it. That's like Norco. It doesn't feel like you're in California when you're oh, in Norco. it's a different state. Either. They should just yep. make it a different state. Yeah. Norco? Yeah. That Nor- Nor- not Norco, NorCal. Both. NorCal. Norco and NorCal. <laughs> Norco is nice. It's like having like a little ranch yeah. on the side of Orange County. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, well, Elijah, for everyone that's listening that might not know who you are, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Cool. Yeah. So, hi. Uh, I'm Elijah. I'm 19. Just turned 19. Nice. Um... I don't, I don't quite feel old yet. Don't think I should. Um, I graduated high school last year. Um, like, I, like you said, I live in uh, Orlando, Florida, and I do online social media ministry. So TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Um, started that in summer of 2019, and I've been at it ever since. Um, just get to teach my generation, lead them to love the Bible, tell them about the Lord. Um, as far as me... Um, I have a hard, I have a hard time talking about like interesting things about myself outside of like what I do, um, like with the church and things like, cause I just, I lost all my hobbies when I started becoming, like when I started following the Lord, like I played football my whole life right before my freshman year, right after I got saved, I quit mm. and I did, I wasn't quite a theater kid, but I did acting stuff and I wanted to I actually wanted to go to USC out here and study filmmaking and stuff like that. And then I got saved, and I was like, no, actually, I want to be a pastor. So things are different now. Um, I hang out with my friends. Recently, we all bought Nintendo Switches. So nice. Mario Kart is a, <laughs> is a hobby right now. Did you bring it out here? Uh, no. Oh. I should have. I should have thought of that. Hook it up in the hotel. Yeah. And go crazy. On. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even think about that. And you can play it on the plane, too. Dude, it's genius technology. Yeah. It's crazy. It really is. But, uh, yeah. That's great. So one of your biggest uh, kind of one of your biggest ways to be um, influential right now and share and speak the word is through TikTok. So tell us about that, because, um, again, there are some youth pastors that um, maybe not have are on TikTok, but don't know kind of your uh, circle of influence and what you're doing. So tell us. Yeah. Um, not everybody gets or understands TikTok, which is a great thing. Not everybody should be on TikTok. <laughs> like, just to put that, lots of people think they need to get on TikTok they might, the moment they find out, like, something good's happening there, and it's like, no, it's, it's okay. Uh, TikTok is a, is a 
great place while simultaneously being a horrible one, um, which nobody need you don't need to hear that it's a horrible place. The things that come out of TikTok are very interesting. Um, but it's like, I forget the exact exact statistic, but it's like 90% of my generation has the app downloaded mm. and it's genius. Yeah. Like TikTok is genius. They, uh, they build it entirely around the content that you interact with. Yeah. So I can just sit there for hours and hours and hours. And the stuff that's going to be coming up is stuff that the app has figured out by now that I want to see. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, that's why it's called your for you page. And it just puts everything you're interested in front of you. Um, and so that's why the, like kids are more addicted to their phones now, actually, I think. Because Instagram and other social media platforms, it's like, oh, you have to follow things you're interested in. This, it's like they find it for you and they put it in front of you. And it requires yeah. no brain power and no work. You just sit there and consume. Um, so everybody, I mean, my parents use TikTok. My mom uses TikTok now. <laughs> my, nice. my dad will like send me TikToks and I'm like, this just, this feels wrong. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah, Don't please. do that. Send Talk. me screenshots of like funny Facebook posts. Go back. Let's go back to that. <laughs> yeah. You sending me TikToks feels wrong. But yeah. Uh, yeah. That's when we when we did TikTok two years ago for convention. Yeah, we did. And, and we I, were on on two years ago. We made a TikTok for convention. So that was we were cutting edge. Cutting edge. Yeah, it's ahead, but, that's but the, the moment game. the moment I created that account and put that out there, my two youngest looked at me and like, don't ever yeah. do that. Again. And we did uh, the renegade. Like at the that was two uh, years ago. It was it was like pretty um, popping. And so we did, it was, it's pretty, we were intentionally being cringy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so mission accomplished. But uh, we also had people who were like, TikTok's the devil. And we were like, oh man. But I also think Elijah was probably talking to me when he said, there's some people that shouldn't be on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I've hit my my mark where I can't really do that anymore. We'll see. Yeah. That's but, um I have a question though. What made you start that? Like, that's like the interesting thing. You, mm -hmm. you got saved at, let's say like 13, 14 freshman yeah. year. And then you're just like, here we are. We're, we're going to make something happen with this. Yeah. Um, so, okay. It's an interesting story. So I downloaded the app in like late 2018. And by then it was, it was kind of cringe to have TikTok because it had just been transformed from other, some other app for like kids. Basically. Oh, musically. A, musically. Right. Yeah. And they did the whole transition and it was like, it was weird if you had it. But mm -hmm. then my best friend and I were discreetly sending one another TikToks that we'd find. We were like, this is a gold mine. Yep. This app is incredible. And um, soon enough, like everybody I know started getting it. And there was this whole, this is the dumbest story ever, but there was, there was this whole story stereotype um, on TikTok. Um, there are caricature called an e-boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, and it was like it, way back then. It was like the striped shirts with like the baggy tee over and a lot of rings. Yeah, rings and pearls. Yeah, right. Um, pearls, pearls came a little later, but yeah, it was like the and then like putting like eyeliner on your cheek and just painted nails. That yeah, was when the nails. painted nails craze yeah. was happening. It was, oh my gosh, I look back and it was like people were just being a little bit edgy. Yeah, but it was like in the corniest. Just everyone's copying each other way. It was oh, it was so lame. Um. But anyway, so that started my friends used to like make fun of me and call me an e-boy. I didn't dress anything like that, okay? But they all would call me an e-boy for whatever reason because I like shopped at the Goodwill and just had weird style, always have, always will. And um, they were like, you should get on it because you're an e-boy. And I was like, whatever. So I so I got on and made, just, just trying to be ironic and like be like, hey guys, look, I did it. I'm on TikTok and made like fake e-boy videos to make just my friends laugh. And then... I would just get bored. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to film vines of me okay. just like making, so it was doing the same thing. I was yeah. just, uh, started out making comedy videos and had some like, some sarcastic anti-jewel video blow up and just videos after that, 
just trends in comedy stuff that blew up um and so i had like 200,000 followers by the summer of 2019 and i talked about my faith it was on my instagram like if someone asked about it like i'm not gonna hide it it wasn't but I, there was no such thing as someone being like a quote christian tiktoker yeah. like there is now like that's a whole niche yeah now it's like a whole identity now it wasn't a thing at that time um but in 2019 there was like this whole controversy and i knew this dude who was like the first guy to ever get canceled and he was just expressing some basic christian belief just not in the best way and uh lots of people were upset and so i came to his defense and i was like here's why christians believe what we believe and then i gave some apologetics so talking about you know the existence of god the credibility of the bible and those are still like some of the most viewed videos i have uh from two years ago now um and then that same weekend or whatever i did a live stream just to see if people would join in yeah because I was like, all these people are mad at me right now. So I'm sure lots of people joined my live stream. And it was like 900 people joined. And it was just a weird moment where people were asking me questions. I was answering Bible questions, a little bit of argument, but just a fun conversation. Someone asked my testimony. I shared my testimony and then presented the gospel. And nice. like 400 kids on this live stream got saved. Yeah. And I was like, huh, just kind of like taken aback. Like, wait, that's weird. Yeah. I didn't know that was going to be a thing. And so the interesting point was uh, I'd preached my first sermon, um, I think three years ago now. Yeah, I'd, j I'd just turned 16. Um, and I was kind of frustrated with the Lord because I was like, that was the most fun I've ever had was preaching my first sermon. Um, and I was like, now what? What mm -hmm. am I supposed to do? And I had TikTok for four months or whatever before I realized that it could be a ministry platform, a, a yeah. place where I could preach the word. Um, and so then this happens. And the transition just begins where I started posting, you know, some co Christian comedy content. And then I started posting some teaching videos. I did some stuff on the Trinity and answering just questions like that. And it's grown into what it is now. Now I try and make make it as much as I can a, a means of mass discipleship is basically my goal. But yeah, one thing that I love from uh, just seeing some of your content and then we, we first we're introduced to Elijah at a Valley conference in Arizona with Chris Moore um, round table. And it was so funny cause you did a breakout session there. And uh, we were like really intrigued by you being young mm -hmm. and we wanted to know what you had to say. But what was so funny about that breakout session is it was uh, like Gary and I and a few other youth pastors from SoCal and then all these teenage girls, we were like, the, there's like, there's this like this fan club of Elijah Lamb and these grown men that were like, and we felt so like out of place. But in that, we saw, you know, that more youth pastors probably should have been in that breakout session, to be honest, because what you had to say was great and well thought out and necessary. Your perspective, I remember we were just like, dang, this, this dude, you were still in high school at the time or maybe yeah. just out. But uh, it's what we're passionate about um, as youth pastors and, and even in SoCal Youth Ministry. And I believe you and Chris, you're doing the bar, helping yeah. with the next generation. But I love this idea that like there were things that you stopped doing when you got saved. You, you alluded to like football and, and some, some other things you like reprioritized and, and got focused because um, you felt like you wanted to do film, but then... Right. Like, I yeah, want to yeah. be a pastor. But what I love is I think we think of things in terms so, like, structured and we box God in sometimes where it's like, 
well, I have to do this and this and this, and then I'll be a pastor, and then I'll start, you know, reaching people, and I'll start preaching the gospel. But the creativity of you having calling on your life, having an anointing from God, taking the time to get into the Word of God and, like, dig and discover the, like, depth and truth that's in there, and starting while you were still in high school and, and basically creating a ministry that didn't exist, you know? I, I, I love that, and, like, I think that Gen Z especially, like, is one of the most creative generations there is. And so even with us doing Youth Alive here, so part of our focus is to not limit them by saying, like, in order to reach your generation, you have to start a club, you know, or you have to do this. Like, this has been crazy effective. You're talking about people coming to Christ. You're discipling people. One thing I love that you do is you are constantly saying, guys, you need to be plugged into a local church. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love that you're listening to my content. I hope it, it inspires you, but you got to get plugged into a place near you. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, too, though, like, what are some of the difficulties that you're facing in, you know, we're, we're seeing some of the amazing things that happen, like, with 200,000 followers all off the bat, you know, like, doing the comedy stuff and then seeing yourself kind of blow up. Like, what are some of the difficulties you're facing with some of this newfound, you know, influence and people following you, I'm, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it definitely came with some unique difficulties at first that I had to figure out how to navigate on my own. Um, you know, there, it's not really like it's not really heard of being 16 and suddenly you're in front of 300,000 people, millions of people. Like it's not really it's not really a thing that just happens. And especially, if, I mean, that's there's obviously been people who were viral or whatever before, but not to my knowledge, um, as far as like preaching and delivering the word. So now you have this sudden responsibility, like you you now have the title of a teacher mm-hmm. and that comes with like a heavy weight. And I had been saved for like two years and suddenly I'm supposed to be teaching like millions of young people. I was, fre- that's, that's freaky. That's scary. Um, and so there just comes this immediate like pressure out of nowhere and it can lead to like a lot of really unhealthy views of ministry and teaching Mm. and just your relationship with the Lord in general. Um, and so I got really thrown off by that at first. Um, cause it's not like there's anybody I can go to and be like, Hey, you've been through this before. Yeah. Well, not really. Um, you know, there's obviously things and lessons I was able to learn from older people, from mentors in my life. Um, but there were just some unique struggles I had to figure out. Um, and I thank the Lord for that a ton because I'm able to help other young people who are now in my place that I was in then. Um, walk through the same struggles that I was in. Um, but still, that's a thing. Like, I'm 19, and there are lots of eyes on me. That's that's scary. Um, you know, Paul even talks about, like, when he's writing to Timothy, and he talks about the whole idea of, like, not, um, that elders can't be new believers because they'll get haughty, they'll get big-headed. Um, they don't have as much integrity and strength. They're not as well-rooted and grounded to where they they'll have a, an integrity that lasts even if, they're put in the spotlight or they'll have a, uh, a humility that's like strong enough to endure a platform or something like that. Um, and that's just kind of how, how it was when it started was like the temptation to pride, the temptation to make it all about me. That's like something even now I have to crucify every single day. Um, and so I don't know, that's just been the temptation is like when you look at having followers online or being a quote influencer, whatever, um, everyone else who's influencing, it's all about them. It's all about them. It's built around them. Um, and I can still build my platform around my personality, but ultimately it has to be for and from the glory of Christ. Yeah. Like that's it. 
Um, and it's so easy to make it about me. Like, it's just so easy. Um, cause people are following my name, you know, they're following Elijah lamb. Um, and so I have to find every way I can to point people to, okay, you're following me, but I want to, I want you to follow me towards Christ. You know, where Paul says, imitate me as I'm imitating Christ. Like that same concept. And that's a, a, an interesting challenge to try and do that online when you can't directly disciple someone important pour into their life directly. Like you just kind of have to like shift and it can't, it can't just be, oh, but like when someone's like, you're so great, you've influenced me so much. It can't just be the corny, like, oh, it's God in me. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's true. That's point great. Up but there's, the yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The big guy did it for me. Like it has to go deeper than that. Um, and so that's just been a conflict that I haven't quite totally figured out. Hmm. Um, and I'm still working through it. It's like, how do I make what I'm doing online appealing? Because people want to follow a real person. Yeah. You know? Um, but how do I at the same time make the, what people are really seeing the Lord and his work and what he's taught? Um, so, but at the end of the day, like, I think the biggest struggle is being someone with a spiritual platform, um, like a massive spiritual platform at 19. Yeah. Uh, you know, my age is a novelty. So it's like, it's challenging for young people to see someone my age. And then like, when I get to talk to incredible leaders like you guys, it's, it's always something that people are like blown away by. Um, seeing a young person do it and yeah. I'm always like people are like wow you're doing it like so young that's so impressive and I'm like well I am just alive that's I'm 19 because <laughs> yeah. I've been alive for 19 yeah. years that's yeah. that, no but uh, it's true and I think we we like we talk about this all the time especially in youth ministry this podcast is for youth pastors and like youth ministry specific but we like talk about the belief we have in students to do things now but then when they do it we're like shocked or amazed by it. Mm -hmm. And I would say too, there's probably a lot of people drawn to you and what you're doing and people who are like, I wish that was me. And obviously we can just off the bat, there's people who just want the followers. There's yeah. people who just want the clout. Like there's people who want all that. But like I became a youth pastor at 18. And so I, I'm not trying to be, I get what you're going through, Elijah. Like I became a youth pastor and I had a group of 30 kids, but there's that's influence, right? Like we talk about influencers and all that type of stuff, but like you carry influence. We all carry some level of influence. And that was a big deal. Like I got to be a youth pastor and I get to speak at different places. And I remember people, younger people or people close in my age being like, I want to do that. And, and I would wager to say that a part of like what prepped you for even what you're doing right now, um, isn't just the decisions you're making today. It's so, it, like, I love that you even said that when you got saved, there were some things that changed. And it isn't to say that when you get saved, you have to necessarily quit the football team or whatever, but there's redirection and reprioritization that happens. Um, well, I mean, the whole, I mean, it's not like I was just like, football can't be important to me anymore. Yeah. Is all the kids on the football team were the kids that I was yep. smoking weed with. Exactly. A hundred percent. And it was just like, if I stake, these kids will continue to be my best friends if I, if I don't quit. And it was like, it was like the Lord was like, you need to quit. Exactly. And it was, it, it was super obvious. And my parents were like, yeah, you should probably step away from it. And going into my freshman year was terrifying because yeah. I'm stepping into this high school in Florida with 3000 students. And I'm like, I'm going to have no friends. Yeah. And yeah. I have to walk in and, you know, I had a lot of people who faithfully prayed for me through that. And I found friends that were following the Lord and it was just, that was revolutionary for me. Um, but I was terrified going into it because you know, it was just like, I can't keep on living how I've been living, especially if I, if I'm someone where I, I want to be a leader, you know? So my freshman year was when I started teaching. So I've been saved for four months. I mean, I'm barely a believer. 
I got, I got one of my feet is still in the grave and I'm on my way out of it. But what I started a Bible study with other freshman guys. And that was really when I, you know, cause all my, all my life growing up in the church, it was like, you're a leader, you're a leader, you're a leader. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I resented that. Mm-hmm. It was like, you are just telling me I'm not allowed to have as much fun as everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the worst thing ever. But it, it, what needed to happen was I needed someone to be like, actually, no, like actually leadership is, is such an honor and such a privilege. Like the fact that people look to you to know what to do, that's like weight, that's pressure, but it's it's an incredible, incredible blessing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I looked at it as just, I had no one really explain to me what it meant that I was a leader. All mm-hmm. it was is that it was just, you're a leader, you're a leader. And so that was just one of those, another one of those things. And that's where it's felt like my walk, especially becoming influential and being a, being a teacher or a leader or whatever at, the, at this age has been hard because there are so many lessons I feel like I had to learn on my own. Like I had to learn by myself and just figure out. Um, that's been just super difficult. Um, like honestly, that's been the hardest part. So and that's just sort of the same thing when I was, uh, you know, started this Bible study is I had to learn all these lessons about leadership the hard way. I have anybody tell me like you can't, you know, impress your legalism onto people. I didn't have anybody to point out like how crazy some of the things I thought were. I didn't have anybody tell me, you know, like you can't have this expectation for freshman boys. You, I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't even have that expectation for myself when I had it for them. I didn't have anybody sit me down and tell me how to be realistic. Like, I just had to figure that out. I just yeah. had to mess up yeah. and learn it on my own. And the same thing happened when I stepped into the whole like TikTok realm. Is I just had to mess up, and I don't. I, I, I'm thankful that the Lord put me there because I learned a lot of things the hard way, and I'm really glad because now I can communicate them to other people. But I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want anybody else to be in that spot. Yeah. Where they feel like they have to figure out how to lead, how to be a follower of Christ all on their own. Because that's just not the model that Jesus gave at all. Um, And I think that there are, I think it's, you bring up a good point when you talk about, you know, people being, when people are shocked at my age. So I'm always like, is that a, like I made the joke about like, I'm just alive because that's, I didn't do anything to be 19 years old except stay alive up until now. So it's like, it's not not exactly a compliment, but um, it's just, I mean, I get that it is a compliment, but it's, it's it's just so funny, but it's, it's like, I don't know. I think people shouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah. They, I, they shouldn't be. Like, that's my yeah. whole beef with the comment. Yeah. Is. One of the, uh, obviously, our biggest um, audience is youth pastors, and that's who this is for. And uh, the first time I heard you share, you talked um, just things youth pastors should know from kind of a, a, a youth perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was so good, some of the stuff you were sharing. Some of it was hard to hear, I think, for some guys. And But I would love for you to touch base on that just for a, a moment even because that is who our, our primary listener is. And and, with, and it was some good stuff yeah. that I think we need to be reminded about and just a thought of. So what what would some things you would say to youth pastors? And, yeah. Um, I mean, well, the and so you, you brought up the bar with Chris Moore, and this is the same thought that I've been working at for the past year, is it's you can't have a low view of your students. Yeah. You just, you can't. Um, Cause they're going to live up to whatever standard that you have for them in your mind. Come on. Um, and so it's just, I don't know there. When, when I say low view, I mean, there's just, there's, there can be an impression. Okay. Here's a good example. I remember when I was um, like eighth grade, a freshman um, at my church and we do a, like our, our Sunday morning small group. And my best friend and I were we were on it. We were gone. I mean, we were troublemakers and and stupid and loud and obnoxious and distracting. But we got what was going on, and we could participate in the conversation. And we talked to one of our leaders one Sunday. And we were just like, "Why are we not going deeper than this?" Yeah. Um, like I just feel so, I've been having the same conversations every Sunday since I was 
five years old. Let's take it to another level. Like I'm interested in more. And the response was always just like, oh, well, you know, the other students aren't ready for that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you are why they're not ready. If you would just bring them to the point of having the conversation, then they would be ready for it. Yeah. Like it's, I, I, they're never going to be ready for it if you have, if this is the bar that you have. It's good. Where it's just like, all you really expect from them is to show up, you know, because th- there are going to be students that, that only do that. But you can, you can really change that if you, it, you have to call them to a higher standard, you know? Because yeah. um, not every student's going to look and want to go high. Yeah. You know, that's, that's I, I'm blessed um, that the Lord, like, gave me high expectations for myself from a young age and gave me, and just made me interested in what was happening in the church. That's all from him. That's all from the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Got to point up at this guy on that Come one. On. But, uh, <laughs> but um, not every, not every student's like that. Yeah. I'm just kind of weird, you know, but like not every kid is just going to have an automatic interest um, in all of it. But what I talked about a lot at uh, the round table last February was just like youth pastors and nothing. Okay. So we're at round table and I walk into this room, and I love I love everyone I met there. But I'm always just like every single one of you is wearing the same the same yeah, pair that, of pants. Like I was just like, <laughs> yeah. it's like there's a model you're trying to fit to come off as cool. Yep. And the worst part is that none of your students think it's cool. Yeah. And it's like it's like the great news about it though, is that's not what I want from a youth pastor. Yeah. You know who I think is cool? Other Gen Z people. That's it. That's just how it's gonna be. That's called just that's called generational interaction. Yeah. I'm never gonna think I'm gonna think everybody below me, like Gen Alpha or whatever's coming, they don't get it. They're weird, they're stupid, like they're like the same way people look at my generation now is they're just they're cringe or whatever. Or not cringe isn't the right word. Cringe is the word you say upward. So yeah. like millennials, I'm like ew. You know, yeah. like what do you you're just you're gross. So like <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> oh wow. Being cool is never the goal. Should not be the goal. Because people don't want to follow cool people. They want to look at cool people. They want to watch cool people. They, they don't want to truly follow and get to know so and be, be yeah. led by cool people. You know what I'm saying? They, they want to be led by someone who they feel like actually cares about them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, oh, that's really cool. You know, caring. Yeah. Um, they, want to, they want to be led by someone who they feel like they can truly, genuinely relate to. Um, and that's just one of the things that I felt like I express this at Roundtable too. Is like my my biggest pet peeve is when pastors are preaching, and they're like, you know, I'm human. I road rage, like just like the bit like that drives me insane. I'm like, okay, so you're you're just a saint. You don't really struggle with anything seriously. Yeah, and it yeah, doesn't yeah. even have to be something that you're presently struggling with. But if you would talk about, so there's a youth pastor who was in my life um, when I was early in high school, and he would talk about all the time he struggled with pornography when he was younger, and that was really encouraging for me as someone who was struggling with pornography. Yeah, because I was like, oh look. It is possible. Someone who's been through it and has made it out of it. Yeah. And they're talking to me from a place of experience, from a place of like, it's it's not necessarily the same as authenticity, um, but it's it's close. It's a similar concept. Um, and that's just what students are longing for, is to talk about real things that really matter to them. Um, Gary, we were talking about this last night. This is why the whole deconstruction phenomenon is happening now, is because students aren't getting any they're not being taught how to feed themselves Mm. that's that's what paul gives when he talks about solid food versus like milk right who's consuming primarily milk infants babies toddlers right not necessarily i think toddlers are eating real food by that so i'm not a dad i don't i don't know (laughs) i don't know the plan um but like once once you get older you start to feed yourself that's the difference and it's just like they're just being spoon-fed yeah. Surface level, like the scraps are being swept off the table for them to eat off the floor. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, you, you need to, the students have to be taught how to feed themselves is the yeah. whole point. Good. And so they go off 
and they step into college or they walk into the online realm and somebody else is feeding them yep. mm-hmm. and what they're feeding them actually meets an emotional need now. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so you're actually making me feel good, which is a new, which is a new first thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to actually listen to what you say. Um, you know, I feel heard. I feel seen, which is something that they didn't feel before. Um, and so now they're just going to listen to whatever they're hearing, hearing there. And that's why now, so like I was saying last night, um, for younger millennials and older Gen Z, the church has the responsibility now to deconstruct everything they've gone out and learned. Mm-hmm. So now we are in the place of making them deconstruct so that they can build up the right thing. Right now, younger Gen Z is in a place where if they do not learn how to feed themselves, if they don't hear the hard questions, if they don't actually hear messages from youth pastors that speak to things that are really happening in their real lives, yep. then they're going to walk off and somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. And they're going to give them the wrong worldview. Yep. And it's like you have this open window where young people are super impressionable. They're basically blank slates where they've got genetic code and you get to fill in everything else. It's like that's an important time to really step in and change things. And you can't do that if your only ethos, your only means of credibility is how cool you are. Yeah. That's just not a great place to put your confidence in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, it's kind of a discussion we've been throwing out there and I've been throwing to you guys too is just uh, the idea of of depth over hype. Yeah. And uh, looking back on youth ministry in the 90s and early 2000s, I mean, we we lost focus uh, of what it should have been on. And it was all about, you know, stages and designs and graphics and, you know, series names that that were built more around movies and video yeah. clips than scripture. And and man, we've got to to go back and fix it all. And that's I mean, that's that's the crazy part, because when I think about um you know, what I, what I try to do in ministry and what I teach, those things are great. Those things are great. Those things are not bad things. It's not like we need to get rid of contemporary worship and pretty stages because it's important that for the experience of like the believer, we appeal to the eyes and the ears because mm. we're sensory, sen- sensory beings. That's realistic. But when the Bible talks about preaching in the word, it talks about transforming the mind and piercing the heart. Like that's biblical language. That's the objective of what's happening on a service is that kids walked away with transformed minds and pierced hearts where like they're coming in actually changed. If they have a good time, like that's great. That's great. That's important. Make sure that happens. It's like we don't just get rid of hype and throw it out the door because we're talking about teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they want to have a fun time and there's nothing wrong with the fun yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Never has been. I love a, a verse. I think it's in Ecclesiastes 11 where the writer of Ecclesiastes is like young people enjoy being young hmm. enjoy being young but he's also like uh, and just remember that you'll stand before the lord and give account for everything you've done yeah <laughs> and it's like there's a balance to this <laughs> yeah like yeah. where yeah let's encourage them to be young and let them have a fun time but also remember that they're going to stand before the lord one day yeah you know yeah um and so leading people to to have transformed minds and changed hearts that's that's the goal and so um and that's that's the like balance for me too when i'm talking about preaching and teaching is i have to find a way to do both and it's now we've come to a place where so many people who have influence in the church are just choosing to do neither. And that's worse than doing one or the other. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, it, teaching just needs to be revolutionized. And it's that's why I said at the beginning, like having a low view of your students. That's the reason why people are content to preach messages that do neither for people. Yeah. Because it, teaching just doesn't seem to be the most important part of influencing a student's life. Yep. And it is. Yeah, it, it is. It's, true. Um, we're, uh, it's just, yeah. It's just wild. It's good. Yeah, man, that's really good. Sheesh, bro. I know. Just brought it all out right yeah. there. But, it, but it's something like like Gary said, it was like for some of us that might have been in that room, it was like something that they needed to hear. And I feel like that's for a lot of our listeners, not calling anybody out, but just saying like 
that's something even I needed to hear. Yeah, you know and there's I mean? nothing wrong with you needing yeah. to hear that too. Yeah. Because guess what? You're not Gen Z. Yeah. You're not. And we work differently. If I tried to start a, a ministry to reach millennials and Gen X, I'd probably have a hard time. I don't know how you work and I don't know how you Disney function. Disney adults and yeah. Then like, yeah, all that type of stuff. <laughs> like, I just don't totally, I don't really speak your language. And that's why like a lot, and that's why Roundtable was such a fun conversation because it was like, oh, I'm just going to try and be a translator. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all yeah. it really is. That's good. Um, because I get Gen Z because yeah. I happen to be one. And I, I thank the Lord that he's like, he made me an overthinker because I'm constantly overanalyzing everything my generation does. <laughs> but it's led to like a, I feel like a pretty deep understanding of why we do things and how we operate. And that's important insight um, because it's, it, it makes me joyful and brings a smile to, to my heart knowing that there are older people who care so much about students, yeah. Yeah. care enough to want to learn the lessons that it takes to figure out because we're not the same kind of young people that you were when you were young. Yeah. Um, and that, that means taking some, some strategizing and stepping back and figuring out how young people today work if you want to reach them effectively. And yeah. so it's like hearing that, you know, older, I'm not angry at older generations for not understanding us because I don't understand them, Yeah. you know? So it's not something that makes me upset. It's just like, okay, let's figure out how we can do better. I think it's such a, a good reminder, though, that, you know, there's a lot of pressure, I think, at times as youth pastors to be a lot of different things. Yeah. But ultimately, the biggest thing we need to, to be and do is make disciples. Yeah. yeah. And if we do that well, all the other stuff have fun with, but yeah. make disciples. Yeah. 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 So Elijah, what is cryptocurrency then? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we just start asking I like Gen Z stuff. Tell you how does the internet work? I don't. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, so the TikTok. And yeah. <laughs> anyways, oh. this is a this is a great episode. Yeah. I I'm glad we had Elijah on. Yeah, Elijah, man, thank you so much for being with us today, dude. Of course, thank you for having me. He's only 19. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in today on the podcast. If there's anything that was said that you um, would like more questions on or like to come talk about, go ahead and reach out to us on Instagram at SoCal Youth Pastors. But other than that, we love you guys, and we will catch you on the next podcast.